Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, episode number 89. And I am working now with some things about user experience and user interaction. Mm-hmm. And I think that I can cross all this knowledge with the dance too. And actually, in the, in the design scene, I can put there some of the knowledge in the dance about communication, connection, improvisation, uh, reading the people. Yes, I think in art you can always cross the lines and, and mix everything and create a new thing. So I'm a designer and I'm a dancer. Nasceu de ser português Fez-se a vida pelo mundo Foi pelo sonho vagabundo Foi pela terra abraçado Bem querido ou mal amado O fado bem querido ou mal amado O fado Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Charles with the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast coming at you with another weekly episode. And I believe this is going to be episode 88 or 89 on the road to our first 100 episodes. And on the line, I have a very talented dancer from Portugal. And this is actually the first time that we've, I guess, seen each other and spoken to each other. So it should be a fun conversation. And I wanted to say welcome to Mafalda to the show. Hi, thank you so much and nice to meet you, Charles. It's a pleasure to be here with you and met you finally. Yes, definitely. I know we talked a little bit um, on WhatsApp about planning and the images and things like that, but now we get to actually have the conversation, which should be nice. And obviously the person that we know in common is Pilu and I was interviewing him and obviously you guys are dance partners now. And when I was talking to Pilu, he was like, oh, let's do the podcast together with Mafalda. And I've done this before where like both dance partners are there. But, you know, sometimes in the dance partnership, maybe one is a little bit more talkative or maybe one's more shy. And then and then both dancers have their own histories. So sometimes it's like good to kind of like separate them a little bit. So that way each person can kind of talk about their own uh, personal journeys, you know? Yes. I totally agree agree with that. Yes. Definitely. So, um, Mafalda, how are you? You're calling from Lisbon. How is life in Lisbon, I guess, with the quarantine and the dancing and I guess a little bit of the of the current life before we talk about your your dance journey? So in Lisbon I I think it's 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 not it's not easy to to keep the the routine it's not possible actually uh, and we are trying to plan new classes uh, new forms to to learn and to teach and to it's it's a very big challenge to keep going it's actually it is because the 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 students don't have confidence mm-hmm. and actually some of them even money 
and yes and they 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 have been so much time uh in home mm-hmm. now it's it's hard to broke that routine actually and go out and stop working go to a dance class again it's it's not a priority so much now but we are here and we are fighters and we will go always yeah definitely it's interesting because I know with some people throughout the pandemic, it's definitely been like maybe their job or their companies were affected. So now the economic situation is a little bit different for them. And then, like you said before, like even if they had the money, do they feel safe and not wanting to like catch the the virus exactly is something that you want to avoid. So it's kind of hard juggling both of those two things, you know. Um, but I think it's important for us to kind of be patient as hard as that is. But I know some people like maybe they have like a trusted dance partner that they can maybe practice with or something like that so they can minimize the exposure. But obviously, everybody doesn't always have somebody readily available to to dance with them, you know? Yes. And actually, uh, the dance schools are they are amazing because they are doing a great 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 work uh, with mm-hmm. all the the adaptations and uh, the new rules you should dance with a fixed partner and mm-hmm. uh, you need to be in a, uh, with all the legal distance and it's very safe actually but it's it's a new it's a new thing and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, think now they are waiting for for the normal again and it it will take time i don't know i don't know how long <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. i can imagine in lisbon like the parties that you guys have are like huge parties you Forget know with so many people <laughs> and it's like you don't even have space to dance and, yes, and things like it's that like so a <laughs> it's mm-hmm, like a sardine and now you don't have that parties. Yes, you. Yes, it's a great point, actually. Yes, you don't have the parties. Uh-huh. I remember seeing a video from uh, Afro Latin Connection. I know they are in Porto, but yeah. they did a video and they were explaining like, "Hey, this is the distancing. This is how you're going to pay. This is the distance we're going to have in the studio." And so it was interesting to see them kind of take that proactive that proactive, I guess, gesture to kind of reopen because I know they've been, this is like their bread and blood or um, this is their bread that they use to earn their money for many years now. Yes, yes, yes. And they, they have been doing a great, 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 great job talking with the people and saying that it's safe to go to a dance school. And it's it's hard, but actually, I think that the community have been more together now mm. than 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 ever, actually, because we nice. we formed a group. We did a group with all the teachers here uh, in Portugal uh, mm-hmm. with many dances, the, uh, social dances, and mm-hmm. we aligned. So we talk with each other to to say uh, what is good, what is which is not good, and how the things is going, and uh, trying to give the the updates from the from the 
the new rules have been good. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, it's really important to kind of come together because I know depending on the government rules, they can change from week to week depending on what the situation is. So you have to be adapting and seeing what's safe and, and what's legal and everything like that. Um, were you born in in Portugal? Yes, in Lisbon, actually. <laughs> okay. Yes. And I love the city. I love my city. And I think it's a, a beautiful, the, the most beautiful city in the world. Mm -hmm. Everyone uh, should know Lisbon uh, because it's, uh, it's a magical place, really, to dance and to walk and to everything. Mm -hmm. It's always been a place uh, that I've been aware of. Uh, Afro-Latin Connection was actually in like my first Kizomba teachers when I first, 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 first learned Kizomba, June of 2012, uh, the organizer actually brought them to the States with uh, Pablo Vilches. I don't know if you know this guy, but he's he taught a long time ago. And then another guy named Ivan. And they were the Kizomba teachers of that weekend. And we were new. We didn't know. It's like, oh, these guys are really cool. They had nice energy. And then like afterwards, we looked on YouTube. It was like, oh, these guys have been teaching for a really long time. And that was a long time back in 2012. So they're still teaching now to 2020. So it's crazy. But they they have a lot of knowledge, which is really, really awesome. And then as you learn more about the polyp culture, you just know that that's like one of the hubs for Kizoma Semba. So all of the ghetto zook artists and the parties and yeah, it's just you just know that that's like where one of the, the major hubs is for for the culture for Kizomba. It's true. It's true, really. And they they have a, a lot of knowledge to, to teach. It's amazing. And it's a mm -hmm. great pleasure to to have them here in Portugal. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So um, for the people who are listening in the podcast, and I know there are many other instructors in Portugal that are very talented as well. It's not just Afro-Latin Connection, but um, I know Pilu was telling me it was a little bit <laughs> like the Game of Thrones a little bit to like get acclimated into the scene. But we'll talk a little bit about that later. But for the people who are listening who may not have heard about you already, um, can you explain like what you do in the dance scene, I guess, right before COVID? like? What was your plan looking forward into 2012? I know that you uh, recently partnered with Pilu, but I don't know exactly when. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I'm I'm laughing, actually, because it's not like the Game of Thrones. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's normal because you have a lot of people that uh, are doing the same thing. So you have a huge offer. Mm -hmm. Quality with quality uh, in a small country. Actually, mm. Portugal, it's not so big. So, yes, I can talk a, a little bit about me. And I started dancing uh, when I was three. My mm -hmm. mother uh, wants uh, ballet and my father wants judo. And my mother won, obviously. <laughs> and I did classic. When you say judo, you mean the martial art? Yes. Okay. Can I do it? Like, can I say it like this? Yes. Judo was good. I was just making sure that that's what you said <laughs> because I'm not sure of all, but I'm like, I think that's a martial art. So I was just making sure. 
<laughs> okay, yes, judo. Thank God my mom's one. So, <laughs> uh, I did classic for 15 years and it was very time. good. Yes, and I think that actually gives me a lot of um, structure. Emotional mm -hmm. structure and professional structure too, because obviously I I I study in a nuns college. Can I say it like mm -hmm. this in English? Yes. Nuns college, and it's a lot of things to coordinate actually. But it was a very 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 good experience. Actually, I prepared my body to to a lot of movements. I had a body conscience very good. Mm -hmm. A very good one since I was little, uh, because it's very technique, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to explain how hard classic can be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, then I start to, I, I fall in love totally with contemporary. I, mm -hmm. I never did it before. And I went to a, to a little group. A, a, a magnific one. It calls Project Quorum. And was this? I'm sorry, uh, did you start the contemporary after your um, studying dance? Years. Yes. I did the classic okay. and then I stopped and I went to contemporary company, a, a little one. And it was amazing because the movement that I want to to do, it's a little bit a little bit, no, it's a a, a big difference between classic mm -hmm. and contemporary and it's a little bit more down so I can discon disconstruct can I say it? Mm -hmm. Yes, the, of course. The movement so it, it's it's about freedom mm -hmm. and I fall totally uh, in love with that and then I I found the social dances and mm -hmm. that's that's the big thing because I can I can put in the same uh, in the same dance the three words for me that are actually big connection improvisation and communication it's mm -hmm. about uh, communicate with my partner uh, with a improvise I can improvise everything and it's it's amazing the connection we can we can construct with with ourselves and with the and with the the partner and actually mm -hmm. a solo dance like contemporary for example can give me the freedom feeling and can give me the improvisation but not so much about uh, connection and communication so when Definitely. i yes when i start to look a little bit more to social dances and actually i start with the salsa and kizomba uh yes it's that that's my place that's that's the thing it's about working and teaching how to communicate better through the dance mm -hmm. so when you were growing up obviously you were already hearing like ghetto zook songs and kizomba songs on the radio and the TV and things like that. Did you know that those were dances already and that just wasn't an interest for you at that time when you were more in the solo dance world? Uh, actually, uh, on the radio, I think that I didn't heard so much Ghetto Zook or Kizomba, mm. but I think I fall in love with the movement first and then mm -hmm. with the song. 
Mm. I think, yes. So I hear pop music on the radio, I think, commercial. Mm -hmm. And it's when you... I think it's a little bit like this. When when you are focused on a thing, you... Uh, so I, you're, you're I in that bubble. Yes, I was a ballet dancer, a contemporary dancer, so was not so... I was not so alert to another mm -hmm. atmosphere. Yes. So how was the transition when you started to learn about Kizomba and realized that like Lisbon is like one of the hubs of the culture in the world? It was great. <laughs> it was great. It was great. I, I started to have classes uh, with the Mestre Pechu. Mm -hmm. that you heard about and yes i think the community grows too in the last mm -hmm. year and yeah, definitely. It, it's a pleasure to to have the opportunity of being part of something and and have here in portugal we have a lot of of culture mm -hmm. it's not the culture uh it's a big community, so definitely it, it, yes, it's a pleasure because we can uh, drink the culture, the the truth, direct, one. directly, yes. mm -hmm. directly, and it's it's true. It, it's not manip manip manipulated mm -hmm. or interpreted in somebody's own perspective or lens. You know, like it's different yeah. if somebody comes to Portugal and trains for two months and then goes back. It's like. Yes, they had a good taste, but it's not like there and then like a consistency over time, you know? Totally. Yes, totally. It's that. Mm -hmm. So you were taking classes with Petru. Who else did you take classes with? Uh, how was the interaction of like solo dancer into now learning how to communicate with your partner? Um, because it's kind of different to be able to communicate in, in the dynamic of leading and following. How was that uh, transition? It's a great question. It's a great <laughs> question, Charles. Thank you. <laughs> uh, actually, it was very natural because I think I am... Um, I like to communicate, actually. I like to, to go through the, pro the problem and I like to adapt. Actually, mm -hmm. I, I said to you that I, 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 I like to go. I, I just need maybe some time to get adept and was very delightful, I think, mm -hmm. because the, the most difficult part for me was to uh, use different parts of the body with uh, maybe some sensuality mm. that actually in the classic atmosphere atmosphere you don't should do you it you don't tap into oh. so much yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's that was the thing but uh, in fact was just to i just need to to connect some points and mm -hmm. then the body was ready to that because i already had some technique about it. So I, I did some jazz class, uh, classes. I did a lot of different styles that gives me more movement, more uh, different words. And actually, uh, Daniel Cardoso, it's the choreographer of the contemporary company. He said mm -hmm. to me one thing very important that your body is like a dictionary. So how you can um, put 
if you put more words there, you know how to talk more languages. So go more for eloquently. it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So look to your body like a dictionary and go for everything that really stopped your eyes there. Yes. And it was amazing. It was incredible. And I already like to communicate. So with the body, it's the same thing. I always said that the dance is like a mirror. So if I like to communicate, my dances um, show that actually. Mm -hmm. And... Yes, it's a great question and it was very good. It was a it was a challenge, but I think it was a, it was a great one. Yes. Definitely. That's nice. And so you said you went to a dance college and then you went into more of the contemporary world. Uh, what were you doing professionally? Were you also like working through dance and did you get paid through dance or did you have to do other jobs while you were doing those studies in dance? Okay, you just have good questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I I have been since I was very, very, very little. I am little now, too, but okay. Can I uh, ask how old you are, or is that a forbidding question? No, 26. <laughs> okay, nice. 26. And uh, so... I have been in a nuns college, yes, and then I went to a beautiful art school. It calls Antonio Arroyo, and it's very good. Actually, I think a huge part of my personality and the communication part uh, starts there because mm. uh, all the big pieces of the puzzle can connect there. All the things. Uh, make sense <laughs> yes mm -hmm. and yes i there i totally said to myself i will be an artist and uh, an artist with all the things that that an artist can be and that's it yes and mm -hmm. i study in a university in portugal yads mm -hmm. called yads and i'm a designer my degree is um, it's in design. So yes, I work uh, like a designer too. And I am working now with some things about user experience and user interaction. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I think that I can cross all this knowledge with the dance too. And actually, in the, in the design scene, I can put there some of the knowledge in the dance about communication, connection, improvisation, uh, reading the people. Yes, I think in art you can always cross the lines and and mix everything and create a new thing. So I'm a designer and I'm a dancer. Um, because in dancing you have the movement of the body, yeah, which is in a way visual because people are watching you, but you are the piece of art, yeah? And then you have like painting where now you're putting like your thoughts and feelings into like a canvas, if you will. Um, but like with, I guess, the more the digital side of designing, um, now you have, I guess, anything could be a story. Uh, dancing could be a story. Painting could be a story. Digital design could be a story. Um, Pilo was telling me that you were editing the videos that you guys have been putting out. So even though it's been 2020 with the pandemic, you guys have put out some nice videos, but you can definitely tell that like, hey, somebody put some thoughts into 
the shots and the lettering and like kind of like the story that you see behind it. And so I'm guessing that was coming from you. Yes, it's coming from <laughs> me. And actually, uh, the most part of the people look to the um, to the word problem like a negative thing. And I found the connection between design and dance like solving problems. Mm. So in the design thing, I am a problem solver. Uh, I, I think design, it's a little bit, it's, it's about solving a problem. Yes. And answer to something. And in the dancing uh, and in the social dance, we need to communicate. So it's about answering to. So mm -hmm. I can connect. It's about, yes, creating the storytelling. It's true, but it's about giving. I always give my emotions to the things with the uh, with value. So it's all of the things that I do between dance and design have a lot of a huge part of me. So I always, it, it's good to do the things like this because I can cross the things with loyal, with loyalty. Yes. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Okay. I'm curious. So okay. you are a dancer who's been dancing many, many, many years and you did more of the solo dance, which, which can be te technical, but also contemporary can also be more of feeling and emotion. And then now professionally with the digital design, there's definitely a technical brain that you need to have with the pixels and the design and all these kind of things. And so I'm wondering which part of your brain do you feel it's more, I guess, more your default? Is it, Are you think you're more of a thinker or more logical or are you more like a feeler and emotional or would you say you're more 50-50? I think I am trying to turn, I am totally emotional, yes, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to use that like an advantage, mm -hmm. makes sense? So makes if sense. I, yes, if, if I put my emotional part in, in a project, for example, and if I can analyze that project and trying to build something that the user needs, uh, probably I, I, I am happy because I can put a huge part of me in the project and I am giving a, a useful thing to the community. So yes, I am emotional, but I'm trying to, to, to take an advantage with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting to juggle both, you know, because like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, like the solo dance and studying and training gives you the structure to be able to like know like, OK, what are we doing? Where are we going? What have we done? What are we going to do? And things like that. And then on the other side, you have art, which is like, OK, what how does this make you feel? What do you want to say? What do you want to inspire? and what's your message and things like that. And it's very interesting to be able to like combine the both sides of the brain to be able to like put yourself out there, you know, but it, some people definitely have one that's more dominant, you know? Yes. Emotional. Emotional. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. It's, nice. it's all about emotion. So going back to the beginnings of your Kizomba journey and being in Portugal, um, what was one of the highlights where like, or one of the memories that you had where you felt like, hey, this is something that I'm going to continue dancing for a really, really long time. 
Um, was there a particular memory that you have in mind that like convinced you to like, this is something really, really awesome? Uh, actually, I think that's a difficult one. Because mm -hmm. it's too uh, many? <laughs> because I, I don't know me without dance. So it's something actually, if I don't dance, I am not feeling complete. It, mm. uh, it's not about uh, one highlight or even 10 highlights. Uh, it, it's about, it's, it's a huge part of my personality. Mm. And since I was very, very, very little. So it, it's part of me. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, I don't know. Do I need my right arm? Of course. Mm. It's yeah. like that. And I, I had you. a, uh, yes, I had a highlight maybe that, um, which is not so good, but I can turn that turn, do a twist and make it good. I mm -hmm. was a little, little child and I, I was sick and actually I had a neck problem and I, I can't dance for, I think two months. Of, uh, and I was uh, totally uh, stuck in, mm. in the bed. And mm -hmm. in that moment, yes, I, I, I realized that, man, it, 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 it's really important for me, this thing. It's like, it's like an arm. Yes, mm. I, I really need it. It's a big part of me. Nice. So as you were learning the social dances, I guess, can you tell us the story of how you started to like learn more? Did you teach anything on the solo dance side of things or was your first teaching experience more so on the social dance? And if so, like, how did you kind of like, I guess, work to the point to where you were able to start teaching? Okay. Actually, it's a funny point because um, I start uh, my first partner uh, was Ricardo Ferreira and actually uh, was a was a magical period in my life he's my best friend too so I'm very I am a grateful person to have him in my life mm -hmm. and um, I started teaching with him social dances yes Kizomba and Salsa and it gives me uh, tools to can teach something more. And then I started to give uh, ballet classes and contemporary classes to children. So it was my kickoff in the mm -hmm. teach, <laughs> teach scene. Yes, was there. Uh, I start with the social dances and then I build something more to the solo dances. And yes, actually, I think uh, was a... Yes, I never thought on that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And what was the inspiration to go back and start teaching children? I'm guessing that you really enjoy teaching. Yes, I really enjoy teaching. It's something that really, really completes me because I think uh, we can we can give to the adults and to the children's new tools to life, to the life. It's not just to learn how to dance. It's more about how can I manage some problems in my life too and some situations. Mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, for example, 
know how to manage the contact with the other persons. It's not so, for example, in an office, a normal one, uh, you don't have the thing to, you can go in touch, not not now, obviously, with COVID, mm -hmm. but without COVID, <laughs> we don't touch so much each other. And it's difficult. Mm -hmm. It's like a bubble and you are outside my bubble and go. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, Maybe and you shake hands and that's about it, yeah? Yes, and you go and wash it. And uh, but actually, I always look to to the to the classes like like an opportunity to to communicate better with the world. Of course, a lot of children want to learn how to dance like a prima ballerina, uh, but um, the adults not so much. And it's a huge challenge to teach adults actually mm -hmm. more than a children because the children loves you and sometimes the adults already have a story have a routine have mm -hmm. a, have the experience mm -hmm. and it's 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 a it's a huge challenge and um yes i think it's about giving tools how to communicate better yeah, it's interesting because especially with the solo I'm sorry, but the partner dances is definitely like more of a nonverbal communication, you know? So are you able to transmit the idea in your head to your partner and then find some some common ground, you know? I, I didn't understand. Sorry, Charles. No, I was just saying that with the partner dancing, uh, it's definitely giving you communication tools because it's nonverbal, because yeah. there's no words. So oh, you have okay. to be able to share your ideas with the other person without saying anything. And it's almost like you're reading each other's minds because you're not sharing any, any words, you know? Yes, totally. Totally. It's really, it's about that. And I can put in the, that information if I can, if I'm able to cross the things and the information, I'm able to to learn how to communicate better with my father, with my mother, with my family, with mm -hmm. my friends, with the people I like, with people I don't like so much, and with when I'm emotional, when I am in a professional zone. Yes, it's about understanding more the person without words. It's totally mm -hmm. that, Charles. Definitely. That's awesome. So you got your, what was the name of your first partner again? Ricardo Ferreira. Okay. And how long did that last with him? Uh, actually, we are partners and it's something that I, that I will always have in my life. He actually, he's living now in Norway and mm -hmm. And we create something very beautiful. Yes. Nice. And so what happened after that? Like you started the partnership with him. You guys were teaching weekly classes together. And after that, you kept... I, yes. So we start giving classes. Yes. And uh, then he went to Norway. But actually, I start to teach other rhythms and other things and he was a little bit like like my mentor mm -hmm. yep uh, and uh, he always um incentivates me incentivates i am um, like motivates you or inspires yes. you 
Yes, that's okay. the word. Uh, so mm-hmm. it motivates me always to to go and learn and other things and and find another ways and uh, things that completes me more. So once I start with the more samba or more urban keys, it's different background. And um, yes, I start working with Bonifacio too, and I work with Celso, and now I work too with uh, uh, Ricardo Arnelas in the mm-hmm. bachata thing in salsa too. So yes, I think it's about giving uh, giving all of your heart to to teach to teach uh, great things with the good people with good people. Mm. Definitely. I'm curious to hear your perspective of Urban Kids being in Portugal from when you first started. Like, how was Urban Kids and how was the scene at that time to what you know now? Because a lot has happened in the last, I guess I want to say five years around Urban Kids and I guess Kizoma Semba and even being able to define it and what it is, was it what it isn't? Is it Kizomba? Is it disrespectful to Kizomba Semba? Um, I'm curious to hear because I know yeah. that you were in Portugal, so I'm p- sure that you've heard some I some strong opinions. Oh, <laughs> is this a fair question? <laughs> it's not a good one. No, of course it is. So, like I said. Uh, I am a dancer and I like movement a lot. So mm-hmm. I don't judge anything. And uh, yes, Urban Keys, it's it's a good question. So uh, actually on the beginning, now uh, in, the music, in the music that we dance, actually Urban Keys, uh, we danced Tarraxinha. Mm-hmm. So... It's a huge change. Yes. And of course, it's a new thing. And when something is new, you need to work with very careful. You need to be careful how to introduce the theme. The theme. And I mm-hmm. think that um, that, uh, that was the, the, the point. Uh, mm-hmm. Urban Keys needs needs a little more uh, introducers with the history and 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 true. We need to explain better uh, how it works, uh, where it born, and how. And it didn't needs to res- disrespect anything. And Kizomba mm-hmm. is Kizomba. Urban Keys is Urban Keys. The only thing that we have in common is probably some music or probably a huge influence, of course. But uh, it's it happens exactly the same thing uh, between uh, Bachata Dominicana and Bachata Sensual, mm-hmm. for example. So mm-hmm. it's normal uh, not being so accepted, uh, on the beginning, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a job. It's something that we need to work on that. Yes. Now it's, it's better. Much yes, better. It's better. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. So, so I guess to share a few pieces from here in North America, because again, we talked about like being part of the culture directly versus like hearing it from outside, you know, from a different perspective, a different land and things like that. And 
So I'm more known to like teach urban kids and things like that in the in the U.S. because I started teaching in 2014 um, and we were dancing like I guess even with Albier, like he was doing more Kizomba fusion, Felicien around that time. Um, maybe Simeon, like these people were dancing in a different way that wasn't just like your traditional like Kizomba figures, but you could tell that they had Kizomba knowledge, yeah? But then like they had other dance backgrounds as well, like hip hop or swing and other things like that. So you start to have more of a fusion and it's, it's interesting to look at it now. And even looking at it now, like you can still see like Felicien has his style, which isn't super urban kids, but also not Kizomba Semba. And so you have like this spectrum of like, now you could take a song from Badosha and somebody can dance all Tarashinya. Somebody can dance a little bit of Kizomba fusion, but maybe they stay in close hold or close embrace the whole time. And then you have other people who do urban kids that are doing tango elements and things like that to the same song. So you have these different uh, interpretations of the music. Um, uh huh. In one of my podcasts, I talked to uh, Kaisha and he was talking about his experience going and traveling to all the different continents and singing his songs. And sometimes they're dancing Brazilian Zouk. Sometimes they're dancing Tarashinha. Sometimes they're doing other things. They don't even, or maybe they don't even know how to dance, but they love the music. So it's interesting to see kind of like a, a global perspective. But I do agree that like it's important to be able to define. And, and this is the hard part because it's like there isn't like a, a international Kizomba alliance that can really like define the things or let people know what's what is. It was, I saw a lot of people on Facebook typing their opinions, but these aren't necessarily like documents or like yeah. coming from studies or like if you do a post, maybe the post lasts for like one week, two weeks, and then it goes into the, the archive of, yeah. of the Kizomba thing. So it's nice to be able to like do podcast or a blog or maybe have something to just be able to, um, define where one crosses from the other you know yes totally and in the end uh, i know it's the same word but it's about communication and in the end you will do and you will dance what you want it's mm -hmm. not about something saying oh it is not right or oh urban kids it's cool it's about what mm -hmm. you want and and if you feel that it's great that's mm -hmm. the right thing to do. But I, I, I totally uh, think that we need to explain and we have a paper to do on that. We are mm -hmm. uh, huge figures to explain uh, with veracity. Veracity is a word. Veracity, like variety or specificity? No. Uh, we have a, um, we need to explain the true thing, the eating mm. the thing. Uh, and I think then the, the student can go with all the information and he will decide mm -hmm. that that's the thing. And we need to, just to accept the things, how they will go. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because. 
the interpretation of the same song is so wide, you know? And I guess once you've been around a while, like you definitely have some songs that can inspire like more of an authentic vibe. And then you have things that now you have Afro beats that are getting like getting mixed into the music. Um, some of them are more like romantic ghetto zook, like Joji or um, Nuza or something like that. Like those songs, you you can dance urban to them, but they're very sweet songs, you know. And then you have Tara Show, which is like now a whole other thing. And it's just so many options now. And we said before, like the dance is a vocabulary so, or a dictionary. So now you're adding all of these words into the mix and it's nice to be able to dance uh, everything. And then there's compa as well. Um, yeah, just so many different options. It's really awesome to go to a party and the DJ has good music from all these genres and you're just dancing so many different things, you know? Yes, and depends so much because in, in the end, when you have all the words mm -hmm. for your dictionary, you can choose the language that you want to talk. So mm -hmm. in the end, I am in the urban mood, so I can interpret differently a song. Or I feel the energy of my partner and, okay, it's a samba or it's a, I want traditional, I want mm -hmm. a, a shata. When you have the words, you can choose and adapt the things to your mood. I think mm -hmm. it's very good. It's totally what you said. Yes, it's very interesting. Um, one last thought that I want to share and then we'll talk about Pilu. Um, <laughs> so it's very interesting to me and I'm going to show some of my nerdiness. So I, I apologize in advance. But so you had this dance in Angola. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Angola was a colony for 400 years of Portugal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So lots of, I guess, Portuguese or European influence, you can say. And through that influence, uh, Sema was born. You have Rebita and Kizomba start to became a thing. But it was I guess you see the equation of like Semba plus Caribbean Zouk equals Kizomba. I know there's more nuance around that, but now you have an African country with European influence dancing to music from the Caribbean who are also Africans, but just happen to be in the Caribbean. The music goes back to the motherland and is interpreted And it's creating a different variation of a traditional dance. Yeah. And I guess I know that uh, Cubans were also influential in the independence time frame with Castro around that time as well. Uh, I've heard of sembas and salsas like blending as well. So you have Angolan, African, Portuguese, European, Caribbean and Cuban in the same geographic location. Yeah. <laughs> from there, you have the diaspora. So people from the public countries travel to Europe and you have people like uh, Johnny Ramos, Nelson Freitas and some Ralph. These are people who are of Palop heritage, but in Europe and in Europe, they get inspired by R&B and hip hop which are was created from black people who were Africans, who were brought to the Americans, created their own musical genre. That musical genre travels across the Atlantic Ocean to Europe 
these people take that music from America or the U.S. with their influence from the polyp and they create ghetto zook. And that goes back to Angola and Portugal and influences that as well, you know. And uh-huh. then from that, we go to people of polyp uh, influence to France. And now you have these people that are dancing to this music that are inspired by hip hop and R&B. Again, black people invention of arts in U.S. And now you have polyps from Europe, African influence from these the black people in the U.S. And then I guess its own France thing as well. And these are kind of like the beginning seeds of urban kids. And now it's making its way back to Angola and Portugal as well. So it's very interesting to see the common threads and the common roots and then also the differences as well. And who knows if like the creators of R&B and hip hop know that Kizomba even exists, you know, or Caribbean Zouk and maybe some of them know about each other and some of them don't. But it's just really fascinating that that and that's probably just the tip of the iceberg. I'm fascinated. That's yeah. that's where my brain is right now of, of yeah. collecting these and these puzzle pieces, you know, actually, uh, everything is connected and the mm-hmm. world, the world is changing and it, it's, it's amazing. Yes. It's, it's a good, uh, thing that you said. No, it's a, a lot of things, but, uh, yes. it's impressive to, to look to the, to look to the history. To how we are similar versus how we're different, you know? Yes. And at the end of the day, it's Africans in different places around the world creating art that have influenced one another that is giving us the current thing that is now with Urban Kids and, and Tara Show. Because Tara yes. Show also has dance hall elements, which comes from Jamaica, who are Black people from Africa who are sent <laughs> to Jamaica. So... <laughs> It's it's very interesting, but it's it's really a intercontinental influence of people from the African diaspora. Yes, totally. It's crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will get <laughs> off my my inspirational <laughs> soapbox now. But these are the kind of things that I I like because. I, I definitely have a preference for urban kids and, and things like that, but I don't want to be ignorant of what's out there or where things come from, you know? So it's, it's just really fascinating that that's where we are now. So um, tell us about how you met Pilu. That'll be our, our tangent because I know now <laughs> Brazilian Zouk is being added to your dance dictionary. Yes, yes. Oh, I like it. So Pilu, it's a light. That's that's the word, and actually, it's a, it's a funny story. I met him in Lisbon, mm-hmm. in Barrio Latino, and it, it's very funny because uh, an organizer already tried to to talk with me to give a class with him in Los Angeles, and it didn't happen. But Pilu went there too to teach. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and one year. Then uh, we met in Barrio Latino and was like, it, it was, it, it, it's about connection. It's about mm-hmm. having a very good connection and a very good communication. And we are aligned. Yes, it's nice. incredible. And since that moment, uh, we started to, 
we have the same uh, triggers. So we like to communicate, we like energy, and we like to dance. And uh, through emotion, through something more rational, we are trying to build a strong structure to teach styles. That's our thing now, Brazilian Zouk, but urban keys too, or the traditional. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about once more to communicate and we can do it very good. He's mm -hmm. a beautiful soul, really. Yes. I'm very grateful. Yeah, I've heard. I've only met him once and it was briefly when he was in Dallas. But everybody that I meet that talks about him tells me the same thing yes. um, about his ability to connect and his energy and, and things like that, which is really awesome. How long has it been now since you guys have started doing uh, projects together? So now uh, we met for one year and uh, we give we start to rehearsal, rehearsal. Mm -hmm. um, at one year okay but we plan we want to have a to develop a methodology that mm -hmm. we can give more things so we are training a lot of the, the different styles and uh, different uh, definitions of the things and the steps and the concept mm -hmm. and the history uh, and crossing the ideas uh, because he, he already danced a lot and have a, a lot of good knowledge. So we did we start to 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 do the training thing mm -hmm. and uh, uh, we start to doing the videos mm -hmm. i've seen the videos they're really nice thank you and it, it's all of them are improvisation so it's something that we like too because we can it's like a, it's not a signature but it's something that we can put talk a little bit more and show it a little bit more about our connection and how is it possible to connect uh, even in a video with the communication and with cameras and blah 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 we give our first workshop we are trying to develop a project it's called experiencia in portuguese mm -hmm. in which it's the experience it's not so different uh, yeah. and our main thing it's uh, to teach how to communicate through the dance and uh, we can do it uh, uh, briefly in a workshop for example in an intensive one or we can do a course or we are planning we are planning something new and different uh, adapt to this new reality it's in the oven yes <laughs> <laughs> baking in the oven uh -huh. <laughs> literally and um, yes that's our that's our thing to communicate through the dance and we are kind of waiting uh, to understand a little bit more what it will happen with the world to mm -hmm. can adapt more now to definitely. this situation. Yeah, definitely like online is the way things have a lot have been happening for dance. And I mean, it has its pros and cons, you know, like if you're looking for a connection, the connection is definitely different through a computer screen or a phone screen, but at the same time, uh, the online world does open you geographically to anybody that has an internet connection, you know? So 
it's awesome to see a lot of dancers be able to teach people across the world that maybe they wouldn't have been able to before. And it also opens up different income streams, but obviously it's not the same as being able to hug and, and touch and, and correct and, and laugh in the same room and things like that, you know? Yes, it, it's, it's a point. It's a good point because uh, actually me and Pilou had a conversation yesterday uh, about that, about how to create a connection uh, in the online. It's, mm. it's, the, it's a, a, a huge question mark, but it's something that it, it's time. Mm-hmm. It's time. A big question mark that needs solving. You said before that you like to solve problems. So that's one of them to like add to the list. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what Pilu said, actually. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to spend some more time with Pilu. So um, yes. we'll see. Maybe I'll end up in, in Lisbon one of these days. One question that I kind of have burning in my head right now is you have you're in Lisbon and Pilu is teaching you Brazilian Zouk. So the dance nerd in me knows that these are two countries that were colonized by Portugal, but different continents. So one is in Africa, the other one's in South America. And it's interesting because Brazilian Zouk also shares a lot of the nostalgic ghetto Zouk songs as well with Nusa and, and Samuel Ralph and these things as well. So how is the experience now taking these songs that have a particular perspective of nostalgia from the Kizomba world and now learning a new movement to songs that like already have a nostalgia for you? It's a great question again. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, actually we have a third point that it's, I I connect. It was amazing. The, The experience was amazing to can, taste another movement, another language uh, mm-hmm. that I can actually connect to the third point, which is contemporary. Mm-hmm. I, I connect the freedom feeling that contemporary gives me to the, con- the freedom feeling with the Brazilian Zouk. Actually, mm-hmm. it's something with a big movement, with totally... Everything it's on the game. You can, mm-hmm. you can embrace everything, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, was a good experience because actually I can connect contemporary thing uh, to the through the technique because Brazilian Zouk have a lot of technique, uh, body technique, and and was amazing. It's it's difficult work to to. But it, it was very good, really. So I'm not even you, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about what you must be feeling because yeah. it's like you already knew this world through, you already speak Portuguese, and you already know some of the songs and things like that, you know? You're, and But then your dancer was contemporary before you even knew Brazilian Zouk was, and now you're meeting Pilu, and then through Kizomba, you have this nostalgia and now you're sharing it. This, you know the music, but now your body from when you were dancing is now being brought to the present. So it's like this mixture of like past, present. Yeah. 
Yes, I'm totally. Uh, yes, it's totally that. I'm very grateful because I do actually what I love to do, and I can connect the points. And it's amazing to can share the information. It's amazing to can learn more about new things that I I don't even know that exist. And mm-hmm. yes, yes, it's 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 about that. Really, mm-hmm. it's incredible. I I, I was starting to. Uh-huh. I was trying to dabble and learn more Brazilian Zouk myself in 2019. Uh, you know, in the Brazilian Zouk, they do a lot of Jack and Jills. So I competed in two Jack and Jills. Wow. I, the first one I didn't place, but the second one that I did, that one, the first one that I did was, where was I? This was in December of 2019. So I started practicing and training like maybe June of 2019. My first Jack and Jill was in December and I kind of like, I guess, got the jitters out. And then in January, so this year, I got fourth place, but it was at SDKZ. I had a really good partner in the finals. So she definitely helped me, but (laughs) I want to, so it's for me, it's interesting because like Brazilian Zouk, I love the music because they listen to a wide variety of music. It's not just ghetto zoop. They can listen to everything, which is I love. And then like my first partner dance was salsa. So even in my urban kids, I like to play around with spins and turns because like it just feels natural for me to execute that. Whereas in like authentic Kizomba, maybe one turn and maybe that's it. If, if that, um, <laughs> and now maybe in Urban Kids I can spin my partner three times, you know? And then in Zook, now you can really turn your partner and then manipulate the way that she finishes the turn. And so it's it's like and adding the head. Head. and you can turn with the head, without the head, mm-hmm, with the arm, mm-hmm. without the arm. Yes. Yes. And I really like the the technical aspect of it as well because there's so there's such a rich history of pedagogy through the instructors as well. And it's nice to kind of bring those lenses into the Kizoma world, I feel, because it's interesting because like when you train with somebody in Brazilian Zouk, they can tell you, okay, well, I trained with this person who trained with this person who trained with this person who trained with the the creator, you know, like they know the lineage of the instructors. And in Kizoma, we don't see this so much. Yes, it's true. And actually it's something that we me, you, mm-hmm. Lou, and all the people that want to cross knowledges uh, through the dances, that actually we need to learn a lot of things uh, in Brazilian Zouk, in the way they teach, the way they... So, I wrote a blog about the three growth catalysts that I experienced when I went to my first Zouk festival, and I listed three things because I was like, hey... We should be learning from these things. And even <laughs> in my festival last year, I had the first Urban Kids Jack and Jill. I'm not sure if you've seen some of the videos. Like the one that went really crazy was the one with uh, Laurent and Valère. Okay. I don't know. Where Laurent, I, maybe, yes. I'll, I'll take the video. Maybe you've seen it, but Laurent was dancing a Tata show. So you never see Laurent dancing Tata <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really fun time. But I wanted to bring the Jack and Jill experience to my festival because I because I was also in the Jack and Jill world 
uh, in Brazilian Zouk. So not only as the organizer, but then I'm also in a person who is a beginner, like I can relate, but it really gave me some inspiration to like go and practice and get ready. And it, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to go there and take classes and dance. It's like, no, I want to do well at the Jack and Jill. So it just gives you a little bit of motivation to, to continue practicing. And it's awesome to see that they have the levels from novice to intermediate to advanced to masters. And then you see the professionals dance with one another as yeah. well. So it's really and, cool. Yes. And they, they, they have the levels, of course, but they are organized. So mm -hmm. uh, in that way, if, uh, if a beginner wants to dance with a teacher, it's everything okay. They are unblocked to that. Mm. And that's, for me, it's a huge point. Yes. Yes, yes. Definitely. So sure. I share your sentiments of the, the pedagogy and things like that that you can bring. And this is what Brazilian Zouk does, actually. You know, they have people who are trained in jazz and it's like, okay, what knowledge can we bring from jazz to bring into this? Uh, the Jack and Jill's come from West Coast Swing. So, like, oh, we like this aspect of West Coast. Let's bring it into the dance. So they've been very open through tantra, through yoga, through yes. all kinds of different things yes. to enhance the experience, you know? So. I think this is a good uh, characteristic of Brazilian Zouk. Totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is awesome. So can you, you talked about the things that you have in the oven and you talked about your partnership with Pilo, which has been awesome. Um, I think now will be a good time to talk a little bit about the personality questions. Okay. That we have. I'm yeah. doing good. Yes. Okay, what is an interesting quirk that not a lot of people know about you? Hmm, I love coffee. Yes, I, like I how know. much love are we talking about? Like six cups a day or? Like water. I love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I really love coffee. <laughs> how do you prepare your coffee? Uh, actually, I am not. <laughs> I'm not a difficult person with coffee. Uh, so just coffee beans and hot water and that's it? Yes, it's enough. It's coffee. What kind of coffee do you prefer? I like a strong one. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I like strong coffee. And I love ice cream too. Ice cream. Mm, what's your favorite flavor? Strawberry maybe. Needs to be mm. good. I love Ben and Jerry's. I love Agendas. Mm, nice. I, my favorite is uh, cookies and cream. Oh, that's good. And they have a vegan version now. Mm, I didn't know this. Maybe. I'll have to go check it out. Are yeah. you vegan? I'm not. Vegan-ish? I'm not. Uh, but actually, I, I like to eat well. So mm. I, I already have some uh, worries about the food and I'm conscious. So I'm not mm. like, I don't eat at all the thing, but actually I don't eat meat. If I to the scene, it's not, mm -hmm. it's not difficult. I, okay. I, I really like to, to cook, for example, and I like to cook healthy. So mm. it's easy for me to, to, to not eat meat or not so much fish. It's okay. Okay. Nice. Okay. Next question. What app would you say that you use on your phone the most outside of social media, messaging and music? Damn. <laughs> outside. 
that actually I am a freelance, so I worked uh, a lot with the with the phone. But actually, mm -hmm. I I I use a lot of uh, softwares uh, because mm -hmm. I'm a designer. Mm -hmm. But in the phone, on the phone, oh, mm -hmm. see, I don't know. In these times, maybe the bank yeah. bank account. <laughs> <laughs> the bank no. app, okay, that's fair. No, maybe I don't know the gallery, mm. the, the photos, the the memories, the so videos, like photos and stuff. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. YouTube, it's something that I always have uh, with me. And mm. Instagram too, of course, and, and Facebook, WhatsApp. Nice. There's the, the standard ones, yeah? Yes, I'm, I'm a simple person. Mm -hmm. Okay, next question. What is your favorite animated movie? Oh, animated movie. I really like Disney. Mm-hmm. I love Mulan. Okay. I really like that movie. And... Oh, I love all of them. Uh, Mary Poppins. I <laughs> really like... Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, some of the classics. Yes, I, I love the classics. For mm -hmm. sure. Nice, 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 nice. That's awesome. Okay, um, so we have two things left for the podcast. You can let people know how to reach you and how to follow you on social media. And then the last thing will be just an inspirational quote to share with our listeners. Okay, so <clears throat> people can follow me, of course, in the social media, in the Facebook or Instagram. They can search for Mafalda Pinedo. Actually, it's a great moment to do that because I'm trying to kick off some some great things. I'm developing a project. Uh, it's called Lady Tools that I'm trying mm -hmm. to follow work. It's about uh, personality. It's about movement. It's about technique. It's about uh, energy, conscience. Uh, and it's solo, so it's safe to do it now. And it's something crossing the one of the first questions. It's it's something very emotional, uh, mm. but it, it's um, how to a woman can have her own personality and feeling good with herself with the movement. It's about sensuality, of course. It's about not being so sensuality. It's about accept the things mm -hmm. and it's a great group it's really something that makes me really happy so they can follow in Mafalda Pinedo I will be there for sure I'll include those links in the show notes yes now I'm trying to do something more in YouTube uh, mm -hmm. which is a challenge for me I know I work with movement I already know that I should do it earlier uh, so yes, in normal social media, I will be there. And uh, inspirational quote, uh, I think one I I really 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 love. It's uh, the miracle is this: the more we share, the more we have. It's mm -hmm. a quote from Leonard Nimoy. 
Is he uh, just an author or a business person or? He's an actor. I think he's mm -hmm. a character, was a character in Star Trek. Okay, nice. Yes. Nice. Or we share the more we have. That's a nice one. Okay, Mafalda, well, it was totally awesome to have you on the show, and I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed my questions. Yes. Uh, as you can tell, I'm a curious person in different aspects, and hopefully I'll be able to make it to Lisbon or maybe you to Texas, and we'll yes. be able to share some dances, and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of the weekend, a great weekend. Thank you very much, Charles. Even on the online, I felt connected. It was good. And it was good to see you from here. And mm -hmm. thank you from the heart, really. Thank you. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey. Cada vez mais português Anda nas asas do vento Às vezes solta um lamento E pede para ser achado